The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the virtual CISO moment. Got a little bit something different today. Don't have an interview today, but I do have something new that I'm doing that I want to introduce to you as something that you may actually be interested in. So part of information security and cybersecurity, as far as like providing services, is a lot of people, that's their career. They're, that they're on staff somewhere, they're an employee, and they'll be an employee for their entire career. Some folks like to pursue the path of independent consulting to the point of maybe even starting their own business and all of that. Now, certainly that's what I did five, more than five years ago. And I've learned an awful lot during that. And to that point, I, a lot of people ask me questions about it. Like, like, what's the best way to start a cybersecurity consulting business? What are the things that I have to concern about? What, what are some of the risks? Some, what are some of the questions I should be asking myself? What I decided to do is that I started a limited series on YouTube at youtube.com backslash at VCSO about my experiences as a virtual CISO business owner providing services as a consultant and also trying to figure out this maze of being an entrepreneur. There's a lot to it. It's not as simple as just starting out. So today... In lieu of our usual interview episode, what I'd like to present to you are the first two short episodes of that limited series. They're only like about 10 minutes long, if that, and encourage you that if you're interested in learning more to go to the channel, it's also going to be in the show notes, and you'll be notified every time that a new episode drops. I don't know how many I'm going to end up making. It's probably going to end up around six, eight, or ten, something like that. Maybe more if people have some questions. May even have a guest or two at some point in time that they're smarter than me. <laughs> anyway, if you're interested, I hope you join. And here are the two episodes, starting with the first one, which is consulting introduction, and the second one is consulting risk assessment. Hope you enjoy it. Hey everybody, Greg here. I was out running this afternoon after work. And a lot of times when I go out running, I have these random thoughts that come to my mind. And I had a pretty good one while I was running today. And, and that's what led to this video. A lot of times I get asked about becoming a consultant. A lot of times it seems like people think that it's really easy. You just basically put out your name out there and you're gonna get business and then you're going to live the consultant life and all that. I've been doing this now for well over five years. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot the hard way. I've made a lot of mistakes and I've done a lot of good things. I'm still doing it, so I've obviously done something uh, pretty good, been pretty successful at it. And I thought, you know, maybe it would be good if I put down my thoughts because there might be some of you that have questions or just are thinking about it but have no idea where to start. Because consulting can be incredibly gratifying, particularly when you have many clients and you are first of all spread out over many clients so you're not putting all your eggs in one basket when you're a client with one because basically 
when you have a full-time job, you are a consultant with a client of one. You just happen to get paid a little bit differently and the taxes are different. But when you are a consultant in what we would call in the United States 1099, you have the opportunity to work many different clients. And you have a lot of flexibility, a lot of independence, and that could be good and that could be bad. You have to have a certain mindset for consulting. You have to have discipline. But I think the first thing you have to have is a reason. So for this one, the introduction, I want to talk for a few minutes about the why of consulting. So let's just assume that you have decided that, hey, I'm going to be a consultant. Okay, that's great. My first question to you would be why. Can you explain to yourself why you want to become a consultant? Think about it carefully because I'll tell you what a lot of people sometimes do is that they jump into consulting when their full-time job is either threatened or eliminated. And they think about it as a bridge. And in some ways, there's nothing wrong with that. But you have to understand just why you are doing it. Also, if you're doing that as a bridge, it can be a little bit more difficult to find um, opportunities. Because, for example, a firm like my firm, we most likely will not take on somebody who is looking for short-term work because there's a lot of time involved to bring someone up to speed, so to speak. And we build relationships with our clients and, and, and all of that. So the first is your why. If your why is not fear-based, if your why is not uncertainty-based, if your why is, I genuinely want to do this, then I think that it's a good move. Now, I'll tell you what my why was. And I've said this in certain ways beforehand. I was called to it. I, I basically got the message. It was a God thing for me that, hey, I could be doing better with my talents. And it was very scary for the idea to think about leaving a full-time job. I've been blessed my life. I never have been without a job. I've never been fired. And I've never left a job without another job to go to. But in addition to what I perceived of what I was being called to do, I also know I've been thinking about consulting for a very long time. I know the kind of person I am. I know that I can timeshare well. I can be very disciplined with regards to my time management. I think that that's very important in information security and in cybersecurity I think it's even more critically important if you're in the consulting arena. I suppose that there could be other reasons why you'd want to do it. One could be the, the money. And you might hear of very significant rates that consultants make. And a lot of that's true, but there's a lot of caveats there. Because you have to realize that as a consultant, it's not the same world then if you're getting paid a salary or hourly, you have to pay for your, your own taxes, your own Social Security, your own insurance. There's a lot more to consider, not one that we're going to talk about in today's video. But having said that, 
if you're very good at it, it can be a very lucrative path. If you're looking for freedom, now this was something that I suppose was more important pre-COVID, you could have a lot of freedom, work from home um, as a consultant. Typically consultants, they are, in a lot of a lot of cases, they will choose when they work and where they work. They're not tied down to hours or to a location. Now, prior to the pandemic, that had a lot more of a uniqueness than now where you have a lot more work from home, although I think that that's flipping a little bit. But that might be something. Maybe just the idea of varying your income. Maybe in the summertime, you just want to have one client or maybe no clients. And then in the fall and the wintertime, you have two or three or four clients, and then you kind of bring it back down. Maybe you feel that you can do more, that, that kind of along the lines of me with my calling that I could help small businesses better, that you have sort of a calling, that you can do more, you can be better at what you're doing as a consultant. But there's a lot to consider. The first thing that I would advise, as I said a little while ago, is determine your why. Why are you thinking about this? Think about it very carefully. And then next time, the next step, and we'll talk about that next time, is something that we all know a lot about in information security. You need to do a risk assessment. So if you want to hear more, I encourage you to click that button somewhere down there that says subscribe. That way you'll be notified when the next video comes up. I hope this has been informative, and I hope to see you again. Bye. Hey everybody, Greg here again. This is part two of talking about becoming an information security or cybersecurity consultant. In the previous episode, talked a little bit about finding out your why. I think that's the most important thing. You have to understand why you want to become a consultant. And it's not meaning that you have to have the right reasons, you just have to have the right reasons for you. The next step, is critically important and you can't skip this. You need to spend a lot of time on this. And this is doing a risk assessment or a couple of different types of risk assessments because becoming a consultant carries incredible risk, most, most importantly from the financial side. Now I think about my particular situation when I decided to make the leap more than five years ago. My career, my entire adult life in fact, and even before that, I've always had a job. In fact, I can probably say that since middle school, I think I've always had a job. Maybe there were some breaks in between, starting with a paper route, but I've always had something. And whenever I've left a job, particularly in full-time, that I've left and left to go to another job. So I've never had a period of unemployment in gosh, I guess it's been at least 33 years now of professional career, 34. Um, and then prior to that, the part-time jobs that I had in college and this and that, I always had like, it seemed like in college, I always had at least two jobs going on at some point in time. Anyway, the reason why I bring that up is that for me, from a qualitative risk assessment perspective, I was always very comfortable about getting a paycheck. It was, it, it's a safety net. It, it, it's a 
security blanket, if you will, no pun intended, having somebody else pay me, knowing that every week or later on every two weeks or every month, depending upon your pay cycle, that you would have exactly this amount of money coming into your uh, checking account is just so warm, I guess. It it is secure. You, you, You know what's coming in and therefore you can plan easily for what's coming out, what's going out. When you're a consultant, you don't know that. It can vary low one month, high another month, and and so on and so forth. You also don't know if you're going to actually have work because um, another part of the qualitative risk assessment is uh, assessing some of the skills that are needed. I'm not going to get into the details on that right now at this episode, but some of the skills that are needed beyond what you're doing right now as a cybersecurity professional you have to learn how to run a business. You have to learn accounting. You have to learn marketing. You have to learn interviewing if you go down the path of actually bringing on people to, to work with you. And, of course, you may have that experience from your, from your current position, of course. But all that to say is that it's not just about the work itself. There's a, a whole different – there's taxes involved too, as I mentioned last time, and you have to learn about that. So – that's the first part of the risk assessment. You have to understand the risk of needing to learn more stuff. And we'll talk more, like I said, in a later episode about the details of that stuff. But you have to at least assess that. Can you do that? Do you want to do that? Are you the type that needs structure from an eight to five going into an office or or even working from home? Or can you plan out your work day with little or no, it would probably be close to no, external influence? You won't have a boss laying out at the very least the structure of what your position is. You have to figure that out all yourself. Assuming you're an independent consultant as opposed to a consultant that is um, working in that position for a large firm. Because that almost is kind of like a job. What I'm talking about is becoming a strict 1099. You're on your own. You are independent. There are other risks involved too, and some of it is financial. Uh, Insurance, for example. What, What are you going to do for insurance? Now, in my particular case, with regards to insurance, that was a little bit easier because I had been on my wife's policy since the beginning of this, she works full time and therefore it just became easier in that I had that path. But I was prepared to look at, if need be, going with independent insurance and and even to the point of doing that where I would have to bring my wife on in case for whatever reason she lost her position. So you have to think forward about that. You can't assume anything static. Again, you, you might even go so far, I did not do this, but you could actually create a risk register and put all these risks and do your likelihood and impact. Look at, look at your controls that you think you would have in place and do you actually minimize the risk beyond your risk tolerance, which you have to define that yourself too. How much risk am I actually being able to take? Um, family time. There's going to be times when you're going to have to work hours that maybe you hadn't worked before. That might be a smaller risk in that you you may have already been doing that, but that's another consideration. 
And then there's the quantitative risk side. Now, I am in no way advocating for doing a fair analysis on this factor of uh, analysis of information risk. But you should at the very least lay out where you're at financially, not just currently, but also planning for retirement. Because I, I would assume that most folks considering going independent already have a retirement strategy in place. You've been saving for years and you need to take a look at that and try to look forward 10, 15, 20, however many years it is to when you plan to retire. So if you're 45 and you plan to retire at 65, you need to, and you, you might have to get a financial advisor involved with this to really look at where you're at and what you need to keep going. They might tell you something along the lines of, well, in order to get to where you want to go, you're going to have to put aside $50,000 a year, $30,000 a year, whatever it might be at minimum. Maybe it's more, maybe it's less. If you don't have the skills to kind of figure that out yourself, you may want to get a financial advisor. Unless, of course, being prepared for retirement is not something that you're concerned with, but I think that probably just about everybody would be. Um, there are probably other risks involved too that are more person in, uh, dependent. There's the risk of, can I work from home? A lot of that might be mitigated right now because more likely than not, everybody who starts out as an independent consultant will start out at their house because if they don't have a client base and don't have an income, it doesn't make any sense to go and rent an office. Now, as time went on, for me personally, let me tell a quick story about risk and where I actually miscalculated something. When I started, I, I had always loved the idea of working from home. It wouldn't be great like one day, maybe even two days a week, that you can avoid the commute and the headache of uh, the, the rush hour traffic my commute typically was between 35 and 45 minutes every day each way to and from uh, Nashville, where, where I worked at the time. And the traffic would be traffic, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's stressful. And particularly if you're trying to get into work and you've got, you're thinking about the workday and this and that. For me, it seemed like a no-brainer. The risk of going to work from home is like, oh yeah, no, that's, that's a risk of opportunity. I don't want to miss that opportunity. And so I started and I did a fine job as far as managing my time, uh, cut down the commute significantly. I, my commute was from my bedroom to my home office. So it took maybe about 20 seconds, which is great. <laughs> uh, didn't really have to worry about, um, getting dressed if I wasn't having any video calls and and remember, this is before COVID, so uh, it, it isn't quite as, is loose the right word? Um, it isn't quite as as strict, as rigid as, as it was before. Like I, I would make sure that on every um, video call with a client or a prospect back then that I was pristine, ready to go. I may wear a tie and this and that. Uh, now it's like everybody has kind of gotten into to the realm of being more casual. Um, but I digress. Six months into doing that working from home, I was starting to go stir crazy. 
I always think of myself as an introvert, but I realize that I'm actually more of an extrovert in some ways that I need to have people around me. I need to have the control to be able to extract myself from people if need be, because sometimes I just get overwhelmed with it, but I do need people around me. I need to have that uh, relationship. I also realized I needed a little bit more structure. It's great with the 20 second commute and your bedroom slippers, but I missed the idea of actually going into an office. And so I ended up getting a membership with a um, co-working firm uh, like we work, but smaller, more local called eSpaces. And I would go in a couple of times a week, grab a cube and basically just sit there. And that was my, that was my office for the day. Well, as the business started to get better and started to bring in more clients and therefore more revenue, I, when, when an opportunity presented itself for a small office, I took it. And the reason why I took it is because I realized that actually going into an office with that structure made me more efficient. Even though now I had a, a, an actual commute to go somewhere, my commute is about 15 minutes nowadays. And it's light traffic, local traffic, not stressful. Um, and then eventually, as the business continued to grow, needed more space, ended up getting a larger office, and here I am today. So the takeaway from that is that your assumptions when doing the risk assessment may change as you progress as a consultant. Don't be afraid to reassess your risks, and don't be afraid to change your direction. And, and one more thing and maybe we'll talk more about this later, there's going to be the risk of making mistakes. You're going to try a lot of new things, particularly if you're like me and you're, you're spinning up a business, you never really thought about being an entrepreneur, but there are whole hosts of things that, you never, that you've never worked with before. Uh, I, I, one of them is going out and trying to get clients. And I found out very early on that I'm not only horrible with cold calling, I just don't like it. And I won't do it. I will not cold call anymore. I, I probably did maybe about 50 or 60 early on and just not going to do it. You can't, if, you, if you're risk adverse to making mistakes, then maybe you shouldn't consider independent consulting. Maybe you should consider staying just in that safety net of the structure and the um, the the knowledge and the security of having a steady paycheck. But I wouldn't be afraid of making mistakes because I've made a lot. But every time I've made a mistake, I, I know it, it's sort of like common to say this, but every time I've made a mistake, I've learned from it, I've grown from it, and I've become better. I think in the next episode or one of the future episodes, we're going to talk a little bit more about mistakes. I'll talk a little bit about some of the mistakes I made. I already briefly mentioned one about cold calling. I'll probably get deeper into that. But we'll, we'll touch on that on the next segment of this. So I hope this is useful for you. And until next time, we'll see you then.